0: everyone and welcome to the very first episode of our new series Blastburn radio presents showdown spotlights i am your host your battle master your best friend jolly by nature and with me as always is our very
1: best boy our brother in arms messer engine Uh, mess how you doing tonight buddy i'm doing real good episode ones are always fun you get to to feel it out learn new things and hopefully everybody will enjoy what we have to put down today we get to sound real, real garbage until we figure out what the fuck we're doing. That's that's what that is mess code for.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that was what mess code was for. I thought the way I put it sounded better. It did. It did. I just had to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> just, hey, just pop my
0: balloon. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just a bastard. Uh, so as, as I've already kind of stated, we're not here tonight for our normal Nuzlocke shenanigans. Instead, we're trying something new, which is not intended to replace our normal show. Don't panic. Don't hyperventilate. This is actually to supplement it. We play in in our series and our challenge in a very special and unique competitive metagame against each other. And that's awesome. And it's really fun. What we've discovered is that through our unique competitive series, we're getting a a lot of our listeners really interested in amped to participate in competitive Pokemon, often for the first time. And so we want to be a resource to you guys, not just in our very limited game, but in the more traditional metagame of mainline competitive Pokemon, whether that be Smogon and their Generation 7 singles tiers or VGC doubles. To that end, we're launching this show, our Showdown Spotlight. Currently the plan is to release this show monthly and every month we're going to showcase a different pokemon and how it's best used in competitive
1: yeah yeah this is gonna be real cool you know i write the blog every week when we're doing series about you know our pvp challenge and what my thought process is that goes into how to build teams and now i kind of get to do that on a show where what i have to say is more useful to you so that should be fun
0: And it's also nice because I can talk about my competitive strategies and not be giving them away directly to the people I'm competing against. Just hand them to (laughs) Mez in a binder. So that'll be real good and real, real fun. Now, in the future, we want to kind of take our cues on which Pokemon to spotlight from you guys uh, listening and what you want to hear. So definitely be sure to let us know. But for this month, as this is our very first Pokemon Showdown Spotlight, I have unilaterally chosen our focus Pokemon because I am a selfish, selfish bastard. So our Pokemon for our very first Showdown Spotlight will be my personal favorite Pokemon, Gliscor.
1: No one is surprised.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> someone is somewhere i guarantee it cameron is surprised right now he's like oh but infernape,
1: <laughs> but infernape or... well cameron if you're listening to this email us and tell us to do infernape next seriously guys if you want to if you want us to do one of these on a pokemon you really like or maybe that you don't really like send it to us via email we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the show but we want to hear from you remember that yeah 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 yeah
0: Okay, so Gliscor. Gliscor is classified as the Fang Scorpion Pokemon. He is a flying and ground type. He is number 472 in the National Pokedex and he evolves from Gligar by leveling up at night while holding the Razor Fang. So kind of a neat
1: evolution mechanic. You know, the Pokemon that evolve at a certain time of day always really interests me because you almost find out that shit by accident. Like when new Pokemon come out, right? You're just like, oh man, like, got some time after work i gonna play pokemon And all of a sudden you're like shit what the hell is this i just think that's real neat i know i know that's a useless concept but i think it's real cool and then there are the evolution methods that you could never possibly discover by
0: accident like malamar evolving by flipping your fucking 3ds upside down yeah good fucking <laughs> lord <laughs>
1: someone thought they
0: were real clever yep yep they sure did so score measures Six foot seven inches, which is frankly fucking terrifying, that has to be from, like, ears to tail. There's no fucking way that in the body, Gliscor is just six feet fucking tall, just hooping on LeBron James and shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be bananas. It's scary to begin with. That's fucking taller than I am, which not by much, but a little bit. Yeah, it's a big dude, uh, although he only weighs ninety three point seven pounds, so
0: he's a he's a scrawny boy,
1: and that is reflected in his HP stat.
0: <laughs> like most Pokemon, he has several Pokédex entries at this point across various games, but a couple stand out to me personally. In Heart Gold Soul Silver, the Pokédex states that its flight is soundless. It uses its lengthy tail to carry off its prey, then its elongated
1: fangs do the rest. Man, that's that's kind of dark.
0: <laughs> yeah, it follows in a long vein of really dark, fucked up Pokemon uh, Pokedex entries, which I uh, like and
1: appreciate. Let's see. Uh, what, what's another good one? In Platinum, which we will be doing very soon, his entry states, If it succeeds in catching even a faint breeze properly, it can circle the globe without flapping once. Holy shit, you guys. It, it's just a giant kite. That doesn't get caught in the kite tree in Charlie Brown. Yeah, it's weird, but it's also really cool.
0: (laughs) Gliscor has access to the ability Sand Veil, which raises evasion during sandstorm weather, and Hyper Cutter, which prevents any reduction to its attack stat, with Poison Heal, which grants passive recovery instead of damage every turn when it's poisoned, as its hidden ability. He was introduced in Generation 4 with Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, again as an evolution of... Gligar, who was introduced in gold silver crystal how do you feel about gliscor mess what are your impressions of this pokemon
1: so it's really funny before i met jolly i had never really done anything with this pokemon despite the fact that i played quite a bit of diamond and pearl and i never really understood why he liked it until i started Playing competitive as part of this project. And I started seeing Gligar on the ladder. Both in OU and UU. And man, is it just a fucking pain in the ass. And now I know why Jolly likes Gligar. I think it's really, really good. Like, we're going to talk in a couple minutes about, like, what role Gligar plays in the meta today. But it's just really solid and versatile overall. You can do a lot with it. Especially, it's two fucking immunities on you know really commonly used attacking types is really valuable. I know that when I'm building a team, a lot of times I will have electric and/or ground coverage to eliminate certain threats, and neither of them work on Gligar, making it a real reliable switch in and just a nightmare for for me to deal with unless I'm running, you know, ice and/or water significantly, which. You know, since it's not Hoenn anymore, I don't do it a ton of. Ice, yes, but water, not always. It's Gliscor, buddy. Glygar's the baby. Oh, God, man. I'm, <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. Uh, Glygar is the baby. The one I was dreading catching in Gen 2.
0: Gligar is actually, on its own, a surprisingly decent Pokemon with Eviolite, because it's so bulky to begin with, but that's neither here nor there right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mez is a baddie. Yeah, honestly, whenever I run into a Gliscor on the ladder, it it just is a pain in my, my rear end. Yeah, it's,
0: it's not a fun Pokemon to go up against, that's for certain, unless you have something to directly counter it. So for myself, again, Gliscor is my favorite Pokemon, and that's not really a surprise. It's not, that perch isn't quite as tightly held as it was when we started this series. I've had a couple of others that have crept up in my heart of hearts, uh, particularly, particularly the Mega Bees. I, I love the shit out of my U-turn of ass B of death. But Gliscor still is really, really good and still holds a special place in my heart. And it's funny because I didn't really start loving Gliscor until relatively recently in my Pokemon fandom. Again, it's a Generation 4 Pokemon, and I didn't play the Gen 4 games when they were new. And in fact, when I picked the series back up in Generation 5... There were no previous-gen Pokémon available in those games, so they didn't introduce me to the Gen 4 Pokémon, at least not until Black and White 2, which I didn't play nearly as extensively as the originals. I first really started playing with and running Gliscor in X and Y, and... It's primarily because I got into breeding, actually, as a hobby, and so I started just kind of looking at, hey, what can I breed that would be really cool and really good, both for myself and then so I can wonder trade, because I really enjoy wonder trading in general. I think it's a really fun, cool mechanic. I like to be a good and productive member of the Pokemon community and send out stuff that's not shitty Zigzagoons to everybody else and give them something that maybe they'll actually like value and appreciate. And so I started browsing Smogon. This was before I even looked at competitive Pokemon. I started browsing Smogon just to see what was good. So I would have an idea of what I could breed and play with and and trade. And that's when I first kind of stumbled across the combination of Poison Heal and Toxic Orb. And I was just like, whoa, that is really fucking cool. I want to play with that. And then, you know, you add on the fact that he's a a great. Spoopy looking buggo friend, which we all know I have a type. I have a type when it comes to Pokemon. <laughs> and very frequently that type is bugs. So that, that speaks to me. I like ground types a lot and it's a ground type. It has stab, earthquake. It just, it hits all the right notes, both from a design and from a gameplay standpoint, just to be a standout for me. And it continues to be. It's wonderful. I always run one or at least, at the very least, almost always in, in UU. Rarely in OU, I would really, really like to, but part of competitive Pokemon is recognizing when Pokemon you like can be replaced by something that can just do the job better. And at some point, you have to choose between playing with your favorites and winning. And so there's a very clear delineation for me between playing competitively and playing for fun. And when I'm playing competitively in OU, anything I would be running a Gliscor for, I'm going to run a Landorus for, quite frankly. Lando just does the job better. Fucking Lando. <laughs> there's a reason that he is the most overused Pokemon and overused. But yeah, in underused Gliscor is king and there's a reason for that. And we'll we'll get to that. But yeah. Gliscor, great boy. I love him a lot. So, let's talk about Gliscor in competitive and Gliscor's
1: place in the competitive meta. Mess, do you want to head in there? All right, yeah, absolutely. So, Gliscor's in a pretty damn good place honestly, uh especially in signals. There are a lot of Pokemon who are reliant on setup to gain offensive momentum, and like most of those, Gliscor can struggle a little bit in the doubles format when compared to other wall breakers who are strong right out of the box. That said, in singles, this thing is a monster, which is appropriate because it fucking looks like a monster. Glyscore is considered underused, or, or UU, in the Smogon meta, and is fairly dominant within the UU metagame. Arguably, it's good enough to do well in OU as well, and I, in laddering recently, I have seen it quite a few times, so that, that is something that is a thing. And it's only really held back by strong competition for the same team role in other Pokemon, like we just mentioned, Landorus T in the OU tier.
0: Yeah, Gliscor has a lot of really good things going for it that make it so strong competitively, including its great typing in ground and flying, which provides key immunities to two extremely common attacking types in electric and ground. So if you anticipate a Volt Switch, a Thunderbolt, an Earthquake, a Earth Power ever, Free switch into Gliscore. Very valuable. It also has key resistances to types like bug, fighting, and poison, which are all very strong offensively and underused. Gliscor has a great stat spread with fantastic bulk in both defenses and more than respectable speed. While his attack leaves something to be desired, access to Swords Dance shores up that weakness quite nicely if you're looking to run an offensive set. Gliscor has an ability other Pokemon would kill for in its hidden ability, Poison Heal. Equipped with a Toxic Orb, Gliscor gains recovery stronger than that of Leftovers every single turn, and it's only reliant on the item for the first turn to gain the poison status. Once it's been poisoned, you can knock off its orb. It doesn't give a shit. It's also immune to crippling status such as burn, sleep, or para while it is quote-unquote suffering from its beneficial
1: poison. It needs that sweet poison, poison milk. Does the body good.
0: (laughs) That put a very disgusting image in my head and I will not share it with you all because you're my friends.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, uh, to top it all off, Glidescore has an absolutely amazing learn set, uh, including great utility moves such as Defog to deny your opponent entry hazards, Stealth Rocks to set your own, and Roost for great recovery. It can also U-Turn, which is so useful, to pivot and gain momentum. You can give it Knock Off to deny your opponent their held item, which is really, really clutch. And, of course, Toxic to wear your opponents down over time. Glyscore also has access to great setup options in Swords Dance and Rock Polish, and great offensive moves in the term of Facade, which is extremely potent after you poison yourself, and Stab Earthquake. All of these weapons add up to a Pokemon that is truly unpredictable
0: and can fill many different roles on a team, which is an amazing asset in a competitive environment, as the element of surprise is no small thing. Seriously, if you send a Pokemon out and your opponent has to waste even a turn trying to figure out which set you're running, that is a huge boost in momentum to you. That said, Gliscor's biggest weaknesses are the areas where it is really predictable.
1: Yeah, that four times weakness to ice is kind of a big deal, especially since it's one of the most prominent attacking types in the game. Lots of folks especially run ice for dragon coverage in just about every tier, and failing to predict an incoming ice beam can be the difference between victory and defeat. Likewise, Glyscore is virtually guaranteed to be running Poison Heal and Toxic Orb. Like you know, that's a thing. It's not going to be running. What is it, Sand Veil? <laughs> like that's. <laughs> you can be pretty much fucking guaranteed it's not running a Sand Veil, as other ability and item combinations all pair in com- comparison and is thus very susceptible to a turn one knockoff, robbing it of its beneficial poison and allowing it to be neutered with status finally glyscore stats are all around really good but none of them are truly phenomenal especially without investment and it can and will lose to more specialized pokemon particularly if denied the opportunity to set up all of these weaknesses while they require answers are they're far from damning it's a damn good pokemon Gliscor is truly the swiss army knife of pokemon if you think about it can do lots of fun stuff man i haven't had a swiss army knife in fucking years and chances are if you need a thing in your uu team whether that thing is rocks or defog or a bulky sweeper or a toxic stalling wall Gliscor can fill that role with fucking style i really can't overstate that i
0: mean it can run a truly support set with rocks and defog and roost and earthquake just to kind of do its thing. It can run a bulky sweeping set with double dance with swords dance, as well as rock polish to boost its attack and speed to allow it to set up the sweep. It can run a more of a, a bulky wall breaking set with just swords dance and roost and dual attacking moves. It can be a wall. It can do so many things and odds are, your opponent's not going to have any idea which of those you're bringing until you use at least one move, and it's going to take showing two or three for them to be sure. You, there's always room for a surprise up your sleeve with Glyscore, and that is immeasurably valuable.
1: Yeah, just having the value from someone not knowing what to expect is really good, because if you think about it, a lot of times in competitive, what happens is you throw out a Pokemon, whether it's turn one or you switch in. And then the opponent needs to determine for themselves whether they stay in and try to fight or switch again. And if they make the choice to switch again, which will probably happen if you switched into Score for a reason, right? Either as a counter or because you know something they don't. They have to figure out what to switch into and a wrong decision can cost you dearly. That's always the case, but it's especially true with a really strong Pokemon in whatever tier you're in. Absolutely. Now,
0: As part of this show, we have both prepared teams centering around this month's Spotlight Pokemon in a relevant metagame. We'll include those teams in the show notes for this episode, and we would absolutely encourage you to take them for a spin yourself if you want, or just laugh at how shitty we are at team building. That's cool too. Bear in mind, guys, we're... Going to take our time a lot more in future episodes of this show with building these teams. These particular teams were built kind of in a hurry, so don't judge us too harsh if they're kind of shit, maybe. But we tried. We tried real hard. <laughs> a for <forever>. effort. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, Messer Engine, why don't you tell us a little bit about your score team and how you went about building it?
1: Sure. This is going to be somewhat functional, functional and somewhat funny. So we talked during the show a little earlier about how Gliscor is really, really threatened by ice, which means that you need to have a reliable switch in to deal with ice on your team, whether that's a water Pokemon or a, a special wall that can handle what is arguably in you, are probably going to be ice beam. So that's really important. And obviously I started the team with our Gliscor Count Chocula, because I couldn't think of another great super glide score name. And we are running Swords Dance, Earthquake, Facade, and Roost on there to make it an offensive threat. It's got a Toxic Orb and Poison Heal, as we discussed, and we're not running Sandvale. To deal with that ice problem, we actually took a, a good old standby from our ou team in another form we're running a blissey named remembrance which has natural cure and leftovers running the very traditional set that i run on Chansey with evie in ou which is toxic seismic toss soft boiled soft boiled and heal bell with all that good hp bulk and defense bulk as much as we can get it at least so that we can have a good switch in when we anticipate that ice beam. We also took a page out of Jolly's book and brought Mega Beedrill to the team. I know he's going to be real pumped about that. One of the reasons we did that is because we needed someone who was fast. We needed a couple of fast Pokemon who could do some serious damage, and Mega Beedrill definitely fits the bill. That little dude is super fast. We're not running it shiny. I like the the wasp kind of look that Mega Beadrill has. And we named him Wiki Wiki after our poor, poor deceased sleep lock Beedrill from this past weekend. Who is running Beedrill Light, obviously, because it's a Mega Beedrill and has adaptability. It's running a very traditional Mega Beedrill set with Drill Run, U-Turn, Poison Jab, and Knock Off. I went with Knock Off because it is really valuable for just denying people their items. And it allows me to kill ghosts real good, which has been a concern a couple times as I've been laddering. We also added an interesting little dude the next two dudes are interesting picks because i could have gone with other things that would have probably been better but i laughed so hard when i named Score count chocula i had to do this so we added gengar to our team and named him Booberry because <laughs> spook spooky cereal
0: is your next naming theme gonna be
1: spooky cereal i, I could only make i could only name fucking four pokemon if that was the case or five uh, no, our next naming convention will not be Spooky Serial. You will learn what that is not on n- soon, soon, depending soon on when this aired. We need to soon stop dating TM. this
0: fucking episode. We don't know when it's going to go live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Not going to put pressure on anybody. Gengar is running a life orb. I thought about running Ghost TMZ, but I chose not to. I run Ghost TMZ on Casimir on my Elite Four team. And I just decided not to. I'm running Sludge Wave, Shadow Ball, and Focus Blast, which gives us some, some good coverage options to deal with fairies and psychic types uh, and to punch some of the dark threats, the dark threats that are in the EU met- metagame, like, uh, what is it, Cro- Crooked Isle? Yeah, it's Crooked Isle. And we also took that surprise Destiny bond that I am so fond of using to many people's dismay. We're obviously running Boo Berry as very special attack, very fast. We'll kill. Our next option almost was an Empoleon, but we needed Frankenberry for the team. So it's a Swampert. And why a Swampert? Because Shiny Swampert is pink, just like Frankenberry, and, and looks like a big doof. So yeah, Frankenberry is on the squad with them leftovers. Uh, it's got Torrent, which is real good because he's real bulky. So he will get down below that third health and can actually take advantage of that. Not that we're running a ton of water on him. We're running Stealth Rocks, Earthquake, Scald, because Scald is amazing and takes care of some Skizor issues, among others, with that good burn. And we're not running Roar or Toxic like I probably should be. We're running Ice Beam because we have no ice coverage elsewhere on the team and that is a really important thing in case we meet another friendly league score. and last but certainly not least is mad hatter our breloom who is running a life warp has technician and is running a very very traditional breloom set bullet seed swords dance spore and mock punch i love breloom i haven't gotten too much of a chance to use him previous to this but he's been real real good for me spore is absolutely fucking incredible guaranteed sleep, and a lot of the threats in the UU metagame are not ridiculously fast. I mean, Breloom is not super fast, but its he's not dealing with some of the OU fast threats, if that makes any sense. I've played this team a couple times. It does pretty well for itself. I haven't got put it through its paces as much as I would like to, but it's real neat, and I like it a lot.
0: Well, that's cool mess, and it's it's funny because I made some of the decisions that I made to be unconventional, and I was hoping to bring a very different team than what you brought to show our listeners, and it turns out that you went unconventional in some of the same ways, and they're actually more similar than I would have ever thought they were going to be, but that's just, that's where we're at. <laughs>
1: where, so,
0: where? for my team, I, of course, also started with Gliscor, specifically with my good sweet boy, Caligula. I have a shiny Gliscor that I bred named Caligula that I bred for a team where all the Pokemon were named after world leaders, hence Caligula. And he just has a very dear and special place in my heart. He's my boy. So anytime I run a Gliscor on Showdown, it's Caligula. But He is a jolly boy. He is jolly by nature. And he is also running that Earthquake Facade, Swords Dance, and Roost, that good sweeping Gliscor set. Technically... The better sweeping set is the the double dance set, the set with rock polish, but to to get that you have to give up the roost and I like the I like the bruiser set a little better. I like having the access to recovery. That's a personal thing, a personal choice, but that's that's where I'm at. So that's where we started. So from there, my thought process was, well, I'm starting with a pokemon that in UU is generally used as a support pokemon, right? It's usually running hazards in the form of rocks it's often running defog to get rid of of hazards like the, you know it, it can run all these sets the most common set in uu is the support set so i was like okay so i'm running a pokemon everyone will expect to be support as a threatening sweeper so let's run a pokemon everyone will expect to be a threatening sweeper as a support pokemon and that's how we wound up with our speedy supporting infernape I named him Mojo Jojo because I look at Infernape and I just see Mojo Mojo Jojo. I can't hardly say the words. Mojo Jojo. Mojo (laughs) Jojo. He is a hasty boy and he's running close combat U-turn taunt and stealth rocks with the focus sash. And Mojo Jojo's whole job is to lead out taunts opposing Stealth Rocks users so they can't get their hazards up, get his own off, and then hit hard with either Close Combat or U-Turn before he goes down. And he's real, real good at it. In all the test matches I played, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, Mojo Jojo performed really, really well. So that is working as intended. From there, I said, okay, well, we have our hazards, but we need a way to deal with opposing hazards. So I needed something good with Defog or with Rapid Spin. And what I wound up settling on is a Tinnacruel, I named him cosmic after our good sweet Tinacruel from series three, who was just too perfect for this world. He's holding the black sledge for recovery, bold natured rocking rapid spin, scald haze and toxic spikes. So a pretty standard supporting Tentacruel. He comes in, he prevents opposing setup sweepers. He gets rid of hazards. has the possibility to fish for burns and also to set up more hazards. So more hazards, more problems from that point. I wanted a secondary win condition. That's something that if you've been on any of my showdown streams is not going to be at all surprising to you guys. I like to run with multiple ways to win when I'm building teams. And so I didn't want to be wholly reliant on Caligula. And so I wanted a secondary sweeper, but in kind of the, the vein of this team so far, I wanted it to be something with some meat on its bones, something kind of fat that could take some hits and sweep while getting hit back and you know I i wanted something that wasn't made of glass so ultimately what i wound up settling on was a sweeping toga kiss whom i named bubbles bubbles is holding the leftovers serene grace ability timid nature and oh man serene grace toga kiss is just so trolly and fun i love it so so much bubbles knows nasty plot for setup air slash for its actually only damaging move because with togekiss you don't need anything but air slash if you're if you're clicking a button that's not air slash on togekiss you're doing it wrong
1: and you should feel bad
0: (laughs) and then running roost for self-recovery and heal bell for team support so looking real solid so far looking at this team i i Something that I always try to do when I'm team building is, again, have good defensive cores. And so far out of these four Pokemon, I have a water type, I have a fire type, and a good defensive core to build around is, of course, fire, water, grass. So I wanted to look at a grass type. Also because we've got a fair weakness at this point to Earthquake. I mean, granted, half our team is flying and thus immune to it, but half our team is weak to it. So something that could resist Earthquake would be nice. Ultimately, what I wound up settling on was Celebi. I named her I assume Celebi's a girl. Celebi looks feminine to me. I named her Onion Knight, and she is a calm Celebi, a calm, bulky Celebi running Thunder Wave, Recover, U-turn, and Giga Drain. So she just she comes in to counter the things that she counters. She U-turns back out. She spreads that good, good paralyzed status. And it's just, it's just a great little Pokemon. So we got a lot of a lot of fat things on this team, a lot of bulk, a lot of things that can live a hit. We've also got a lot of slow things on this team. Other than Infernape and, to a lesser degree, Tinnacruel and Gliscor, nothing is particularly swift. And so, to balance that out, we also finished our team off with a Mega B drill. Francis, that good, good Mega B. I started to do Mega Manetric, you guys, and then I was just like, okay, who the fuck am I kidding? We both know what I want to put here. And I went for the B. <laughs> <laughs> so, Francis is a jolly Mega drill, max investment in attack and speed, and is rocking also U-Turn, Drill Run, and Poison Jab. On my Mega drill set, I like to run Felstinger. It's not the conventional choice, and it's not conventional for a reason, I'll be the first one to admit. But what Felstinger does is, is it's a fairly low-potency move, but when it KOs, you gain three stages of attack. And no one expects it because no one runs it. So if I can switch in on a low-health opponent, get the Felstinger Stinger off, suddenly Francis is very capable of sweeping. And that actually happened once today in my test battles, and it was real, real fun, and I liked it a lot. So, yeah, this is the team, and honestly, my biggest feedback after playing with it off and on for a couple of days and making some tweaks is... No one, at least in the lower ladder of UU, is prepared for a sweeping glide score. They're just not. They clearly expect it to be running hazards. They switch into their defogger. And by the time they realize what's up, you're sweeping. It's nuts. Unless they have a fast revenge killer that can get in and just murderate the shit out of it, there's no
1: stopping the thing. It's a monster. It's got that angry face. He, no,
0: he's a happy boy. Look at him.
1: I don't know. I don't trust big smiley murder monsters.
0: Well, you should. God
1: damn it. He is adorable and you are a hater. I might be. I am wary of Count Chocula as should you.
0: <laughs> well, those are our teams guys. And, and again, we absolutely encourage you to check them out. They're going to be in the show notes, plug them in the showdown, play a couple rounds for yourself, see what you like and what you don't like. Give us feedback on them. They're not perfect. We know they're not perfect. They're just fun to play with and we're having a good time with it. And it, If you have ideas for your own Gliscor centered UU team, send them to us by all means. The other side of this show, in addition to this short podcast that we're going to produce once a month, we're also going to be doing a monthly stream. We're going to call it our Friday Night Fight and on the Friday night fight, myself and Messer Engine, we are going to sit down, we are going to do some battles on Showdown with these teams that we've built and posted for you guys. We're also going to take teams that you submit, and we're going to battle with those as well, on the ladder against random opponents, and just kind of see how they do, and talk about the Pokemon and what it does and does not do well. So you can expect that stream, unless we tell you otherwise, on the third Friday of every month.
1: Yeah, yeah, come out, watches fight with the Pokemon of the month hang out it's going to be good good shit
0: okay awesome well that's going to go ahead and be our show for the evening so thank you everybody for listening to us ramble about my big toothy Shit-eating buddy, Gliscor. We love him a lot. Now, just remember, if you have a preference on what Pokemon we shine our spotlight on next month, be sure to get at us. Preferably through email. Not that we don't appreciate you getting at us in Discord in other ways. But just if we have it in email, it's easy to track as opposed to trying to remember who said what and when in Discord. So, email us if you have a request. In the future, we may handle those by vote, but for now, I think we're just going to take the requests in and kind of pick and choose as we go until we get a bigger following here, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we're probably going to do is after our Friday night fight, as we get prepared to record the next episode, we're going to look through all of your submissions and figure out, you know, if people are really clamoring for one specific Pokemon. Yeah, sure. You know, we'll do that. But if it's kind of like low ball all over the place, we'll look at what we have and pick what's most interesting and go ahead and do that. So make sure to send us your stuff before Friday night fight so that we have plenty of stuff to look at and decide on before we record again for the next month.
0: Absolutely. So, as always, folks, be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcatcher of choice if you haven't already. Because in addition to this little show, we have this, this bigger one. You, you may have heard of it, Blastburn Radio, uh, where we do our Nuzlocke World Tour Challenge. And you can expect those episodes up as per usual every Sunday night, Monday morning, all over iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, your podcatcher of choice. Be sure to follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media. if you can find us. Where that's cool it's probably not us because i don't do that shit but i mean cool i guess somebody's on instagram repping the Blastburn nation that's cool
1: <laughs> no we, we are there we are there oh. because we because we run our season advertisements on facebook and instagram so you can totally find us there that's a real thing we don't we don't do shit with that though do we uh, just once every nine weeks okay okay cool okay do the twitter though
0: twitter's good we like twitter (laughs) yeah
1: twitter is probably the best place to find us quickly or talk to us quickly at least
0: speaking of twitter messer engine if our listeners want to find you or the stuff that you work on on twitter where can they find you
1: you can always find me personally at messer engine on twitter you can also check out my company mythic portal games on twitter at mythic portal or on facebook at mythic portal games we got a great contract with a company called Power VTT. It's a virtual tabletop where all of our token and map assets for role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons are available as part of their subscription. So that's 7,000, probably almost 8,000 plus assets at this point. So go check those guys out at poweredvtt.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Messer Engine. As always, I have been. Jolly by Nature, and be sure to follow... Well, be sure to follow all of us on Twitch, but you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv
1: slash nature.
0: I think... I think I'll be hosting the first Friday night fight. Is that right, mess?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I will be there on the mic, but you will be doing the host.
0: Yeah. We'll be alternating that particular stream, but this month it's going to be on my channel. So be sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash jolly by nature so that you can get notified of when we go live for that. You can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR jolly, or again, just be sure to follow the show on Twitter or Facebook. We'll keep you up to date on what both of us and our good buddy Celeste are up to all over the internet so thank you everybody for joining us today as always i do want to give a very special thank you to my co-host messer engine for blast burn radio i am jolly by nature thank you for listening and we will see you next time at
1: the friday night fight yo